Football on the Sports Social Podcast Network is brought to you by BetVictor, where new signings are guaranteed a great debut. Join and choose your welcome offer at betvictor.com. 18 plus, begambleaware.org. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like, maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away. Specifically, the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. Hi, my name is Yona, and I play football for Chelsea FC and for the Swedish national team. And you are listening to the Blue Day podcast. Welcome back, my friends, to the podcast that will never end. We're so glad that you could attend. Come inside, come inside. Yes, this is the Blue Day podcast. And for Chelsea fans everywhere across the world, every day is a Blue Day. I am your host, the creator, the man with a face for podcasting, Keith Lawrence. And this is a really special episode, ladies and gentlemen, as it is the podcast birthday. That's right. 8th of September is the podcast birthday. And we are having a reunion show to mark the occasion. So therefore, to join me today on this truly special episode, it's great to have him back. He's your friend and mine. For me, he will always be the ticket guy. It's Warren. Warren, how are we, sir? I'm very good. Thank you, Keith. It is, well, it always was a pleasure doing the podcast with you. And it is, of course, a fantastic pleasure to be back to mark uh, our one year anniversary, something that uh, myself and you in the months leading up to um, our first ever uh, podcast that we broadcast on the 8th of September last year is something that we spoke about, you know, how are we going to look back on the first year and what would we have achieved and would we have got to where we wanted to would we have got further would the podcast still be going would we still be friends that was debatable um it still is it still <laughs> is but um no absolutely it, it's it's wonderful to be here I'm very much looking forward to it obviously we've spent a number of weeks discussing it now and you know building up to it and it, it's great to be back on the podcast obviously um obviously I've taken a step behind the scenes now I kind of assist Keith in any way that I can with the PR behind the scenes with social media and stuff which I'm sure you all know by now anyway but yeah it's great to be back here it's great to be back on my laptop with me mic and my headset set up feeling all like a DJ all over again all mm-hmm. I need now all I need now is some spinning decks and a bit of reggae and we'll be good to go. For those that are not aware, Warren was the first co-host of of the podcast back in from September to December, and we was recording every Sunday morning, and we had fun. It was it was just come, come rain, shine or hangover, we was there. Yes, and we was. It was a hour and a half, or maybe just an hour of just talking about Chelsea at the time because it was during the the lockdown. No 
fans can attend football matches. So it was better for us to, because all the games were on telly. We used to give detailed analysis and it got to a stage where as we grew, because when we first started this podcast, we were greener than a pepper tree. I think it's safe to say. We then eventually grew. We started doing watch-alongs, which is on our YouTube channel, the early watch-alongs, which got quite got quite a lot of views, didn't it? It got a lot of views. Do you know know what? It was one of the things that, obviously, you know, we wanted the podcast to grow and we discussed the best way to sort of, like, you know, get our name and our brand, so to speak, out there. And one of them was the watch-alongs because we noticed that they was you know, they was very uh, popular amongst, uh, you know, people who wanted to view it. And they're the kind of viewers that we wanted to bring in because they interacted in the chat a lot. So um, there was like a, you know, a a motive behind me doing it. But I just had so much fun doing those. I mean, some of the results weren't great. I mean, I remember doing a watch along for uh, the Arsenal game um, mm. that sparked their run that probably prevented their relegation. Um, <laughs> was it? Was it Boxing Day three? Three. It was. I'm afraid. Yeah, Boxing Day. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, um, so there was some watch-alongs that weren't so great. But I remember one in particular a way to. I believe it was Rene in the Champions League, and it was early on in the group stage, <laughs> and we had gone one nil up. Uh, Hudson Odoi had scored. Mason Mount had found him with a beautiful pass. And then uh, Rene equalised quite late on, I think, eight, 80 plus. It was like the 80 second, eight, if I'm being eight, quite yeah, specific, yeah. 80 second minute and they equalised, yeah. And and this was during the time that everyone still thought that Werner was going to kick on and have a great season. And I had been questioning Werner for quite a long time by this point, saying that he missed a lot of chances. And I believe that my expect, exact expression was he's a sloppy C-U-N-T. And I remember Werner going through on goal and obviously Giroud got the winner and I went absolutely divvy. I'm sort of like, <laughs> I'm known amongst my friends for my rather over-the-top and over-emotional celebration. So, yeah, part of the podcast, that especially in, like you said, Keith, and there's only a month from the August of mm. December, um, I had so much fun doing it. And I know I hope that the viewers had a lot of fun watching it as well. I mean, we, we, we did have quite a few comments saying, yeah, that's the kind of reaction that... I have and nobody else seems to have sort of thing. So I think people connected with it, but it was great fun. I managed to get, I've done a couple of little uh, live reactions during the Euros as well. I've got Harry Kane's uh, penalty against Denmark in the semis. That was quite a, that was quite a dramatic reaction. So yeah, it was all, it it has been amazing fun. And yeah, just, just going back to like the first year, it's just, obviously we're going to discuss the first year now, but Mm. yeah, it's, it's an incredible achievement to have achieved what we and you have achieved in the last 12 months is something that in reality I suppose we expected to achieve in time but not such a short amount of time and I don't mean being massively successful I don't mean we've moved into mansions and we're famous enough that we can offer Floyd Mayweather out and get paid 150 million for it I'm not saying we've quite hit the heights yet but to have to achieve what we've achieved on a personal um level and to have interviewed some of the amazing guests that we've had the opportunity to interview that we're going to obviously run through uh, throughout this oh, reunion show yeah. um has been dreams come true and and it's not to oh and he's, at least he's got a good ringtone if it's terribly sorry about that thank you you'll never walk alone right so <laughs> Good, that's a good ladies and gentlemen if I've got anything to do about it that was actually spot on but um no yeah um it's not it's not too much to say Keith is it that it's been a dream come true um over the last 12 months yeah this thing that 
like I say, we haven't reached the heights. We haven't reached everyone we wanted to reach yet, but it's, it's been amazing. It's been a whirlwind year because when I first started, and again, we spoke about it a lot before we started recording, was what are we going to do? Where are we going to go? How are we going to do it? And we had a little bit of a plan whereby it was just going to be like the first year, just review, rent, and and just have fun, basically, wasn't it? You know, yeah. we we did sort of take the piss out of a few people along the uh, way. Some we Townsend, Chris Sutton, Gustavo Boy. What? I didn't say anything. Leave them alone. There's interference on this line. Leave them alone. Goodness me, they are. So... <laughs> They're in the football uh, league. They're in the football league now as well. I'll be sat there, perfectly happy, having a perfectly lovely day. And Sutton United will score, which is a good thing because I'm from the London Borough of Sutton. But I just hear Sutton, and I'm like, yeah, oh, Sutton, yeah, go Sutton. For those again that have sort of decided to to like us and <laughs> listen to us only sort of for a short period, a couple of months ago, my esteemed colleague here is not a fan of Mr. Chris Sutter, not a fan of Gustavo Poet, and not a fan of Andy Townsend. And we was having a lot of jokes on air about Chris Sutton. And we did sort of have a, like a little bit of a, a, a what if moment if, in regards to if we were to have Mr. Sutton eventually on the podcast. And it was just a case whereby for you, Warren, it was be, I ain't fucking doing that. Well, no, like, well, two two things. Number one, <laughs> it may have been a joke to you. It was never a joke to me. Um, no, number two, I do believe the exact conversation that we had, um, both on air and behind the scenes, actually, because it was, a you know, uh, at one point, um, out of all the fantastic and wonderful people that yourself and myself uh, have had opportunity to interview over the last 12 months, Chris Sutton was one of those people that would have been, like, you know, pretty high on the list and was in a certain amount of demand. So we did actually have to have, like, you know, a semi-professional conversation that consisted of, well, Keith, it's up to you whether you let me on the show. If you let me on the show, I'm going to tell him exactly what I fucking think about him. So I think there was an executive decision from above that if ever we was to interview Chris Sutton, I'd be out that day. <laughs> I'd be having technical issues. <laughs> but yes, but no. Um, yeah, we did have a lot of laughs. We had a lot of rants. Um, I believe that we provided a lot of pretty insightful detailed analysis of games as well uh reviews and previews i think that a lot of stuff that we called came true i remember going talking about my watch alongs i got three or four um score lines correct consecutively you know i announced them before the match what i thought the score mm. was going to be and again it's just well i tell you what keith why don't we for the benefit of those that have been around for the 12 months and for the benefit of those that are the more recent viewers and have found us a bit more recently why don't we go back to the very beginning why don't you open it up for us and go back to the very beginning our first show previewing previewing the season previewing no fans previewing all the signings that we had made how excited we were for frank how excited we were for the academy Oh, God. Well, it was around this time where we did sign Kai Havertz as well, which was a player that I was very high on and still am. And seeing him mature within 12 months has been quite staggering, basically. The winning goal in the Champions League final. So he didn't have a bad one. Didn't have a bad season. We brought in Timo Werner, but... He has been hit and miss. He's he has divided a lot of opinion amongst Chelsea supporters. But as you say, when we started this podcast, the world was completely different to what it is now. And that does sound 
a little bit weird when you still talk about it in, in, in a COVID environment. But if you look at it, whereby there was no fans attending stadiums, Sky was having putting their prices up and sort of charging fans £15 to watch the their team play on top of their monthly subscription, which we did cover on an episode, didn't we? We actually yes. covered on a full yes. length episode, yes. which got quite a lot of feedback from listeners. And minded listeners, we found we we had a really positive response to that, didn't we? Because yeah, and here, here here at the podcast, we totally understand that we're going to say a lot of things that are controversial, and people are going to disagree with, and we're very open to feedback, whether it, it is you know positive and negative, it agrees with us or not. But in that particular episode, we found that I mean, for those of you, we'll have to dig it out and put it in the uh, link for this video key for that particular episode because that was. That was a big thing at the time. It's very easily forgotten about things like that, but it was a big thing at the time. Well, it, it's funny we should talk talk about it now. Obviously, with what everything that's gone on since the likes of the Super League bollocks, as well as my you ringtones, know, my ringtones, not yours. Your ringtones yeah. definitely not mine. No, um, it, it's funny when you look at it on the way back. You see about Sky putting the prices up. Premier League clubs talking about Super League. It's all money, money, money. Mm. And a lot of that's gone under the radar now. But it's been, it was great for us because we covered both sides of it. You know, at the time when the Super League was coming out, obviously we'll talk about, you know, different guest hosts that the podcast has had since. But myself and at the time, we, the podcast covered it. And we was talk about obviously what was going on, we was covering it. And then even with the £15 a month, we covered it and the feedback was great. But then also... £15 a match. Sorry, £15 a match. Sorry, not £15 a month. (laughs) That was part of the discussion that we had. If it was £15 a month and you were going to get an extra eight games or something, yeah, "Yeah, all right, well. (laughs) But But again, you should should go back and give that a listen because it would be interesting to listen to that... um, and see the differences or any changes that have been made or how much has been swept under the rug or how valid the points that we were making at the time actually were. Of looking back on it, it'd be interesting to see that back sort of 12 months on. Nearly. But, as, but as you say, when the first couple of episodes, we was very, say, inexperienced would probably be the, the nicest way of putting it, but we did have high hopes. We We knew that this was something that, can kick on and can kickstart, and we looked at for, for the me, other. I was just so sorry to cut you in there. For me, the the podcast was always going to be as successful as we wanted it to be, and I think that that was always going to be in direct uh, correlation or in direct relation to how optimistic we were about Chelsea Football Club as a team moving forward. And I think that twelve months ago, uh, when we knew that um, at the time, you know, Tammy and Reese James and Tamori and Mason Mount and one or two of the others had matured another year and we had brought in the experience of Silver and, you know, there was the whole Kepper debate that um, I still feel like to this day that he was hung out to dry and I think he's proved himself as a very strong-minded young man, if nothing else. Um, But then, yeah, there was Havertz, there was Werner, um, there was obviously, you know, Pudisic that we was hoping was going to be like fitter and Hudson had not mm. coming back from his mm. injury and stuff. So we was very optimistic about both Chelsea as a football club and the podcast as well. But um, I don't think that we ever imagined that by May the 29th this year, the podcast or Chelsea Football Club would have got to where they got to. 
No, and we do want to sort of start by talking about how the podcast evolved, even from a from an early stage, from September mm. to October, whereby, and my good friend knows this, and some people that I that know me well know this, but I'll, I will actually say it to our listeners now. My original plan for this podcast wasn't to have guests on the show until a certain stage whereby we was known to a, a, yeah a small a small section we had a, we had a, a small community. section of chelsea sort yes. of contacts that would know oh this podcast has been established by two off limits chelsea supporters oh yeah. they're pretty good i didn't realize how quick it would evolve whereby from october so we're talking a month we would have the chairman of the Chelsea Pitch Owners as our yes. first guest. Now, that was quite a real... Yeah, he was a really nice guy as well. Chris it, yeah, Chris Mr. Isaac, Chris Isaac yeah. Mr. Chris Isaac, great guy. You know, and the Chelsea Pitch Owners, I, again, this, this we're not getting paid for this plug, so this is free, but we would like to urge people, if you don't know much about the Chelsea Pitch Owners, type it, type it in on Google or whatever search engine you have. And if you're a Chelsea fan, buy a share. It is, it is for a good cause. I have one. My 10-month-old daughter has one now. And we're also going to try and get one for the podcast as well, which will be nice. sorted out uh, at a later date. But we are looking to do that. But that was great for us because then we were able... It was, very edu- it was very educational to so many Chelsea fans. that made, I mean, I spoke to a few Chelsea fans. So, for example, one of the avid listeners of the of the podcast is uh, Mr. Steve Boots, um, who kindly came on and gave a message on one of our other podcasts. I put a, a particular Yeah, we'll talk about we'll that in a minute. Yep. To later, yeah. Um, and he listened to me. Now, he is an avid Chelsea fan, you know, goes, goes home and away, being all over the country with me watching Chelsea and everything. And he listened to the show and he was like, I didn't know that, uh, you know, and he learned things as well. And it was a very interesting, Mr. Chris Isaac was a very, very nice man. And he was very accommodating to our interview and he gave his time very graciously. And he was, he was very thankful as well for be, be, being, you know, invited onto the podcast as well. He took it like with, you know, a certain amount of pride as well. And like Keith said there, you know, get onto Google and see what the Chelsea supporters, um, Chelsea supporters club, see what the Chelsea pitch owners club is all about. And, you know, well, I think once you know what it's all about, you'll you'll want to buy a share because yeah. it is it is great. But yeah, I, he was our first guest, and me and Keith were very nervous, and we were very nervous about the audio, and you know we planned it. It seemed like we planned <laughs> it inside out. Now for the like for so Keith would be at work, and I'd be phoning him at eight o'clock in the morning. I'd be like, right, I've got half hour to my boss is in. If you've got half hour, and he'd be like, yeah. So we'd have half hour quick chat and then my governor would come in. I'd be like, well, I'm ringing me lunch and I'd run off and do me work and Keith would have to catch That's up it. on his work. And I'd message him at quarter past 12. I'd be like, right, are you free to talk? Yeah, right, good. I've got 40 minutes. And I'd be in the forklift trying to have egg mayonnaise sandwich or something. Like, well, what do we do? And it was just, you know, and I think after that one, we relaxed a lot and it was like, all right, so we do it at this time. We kind of know what we're going to ask him and blah, blah, blah. And we relaxed after that one, but it was a fantastic interview. It came out better than I thought it ever could for our first go at it. We had no rehearsals. We had no second go at it. We mm-hmm. just 
we just got him on Skype or Zoom, whatever it was, Skype at the time. We got him on Skype and away we went. And it was just, it felt really natural and it was really good. And like you say, to the the idea of the podcast was to establish a community and establish sort of like ongoing jokes and ongoing traditions and ongoing, you know, we wanted to get intro music and outro music and we <laughs> wanted to do different different bits and pieces. And all of a sudden we went from Chris Isaac to our second guest. And not just any guest. This is a guy who many people have classed him as heard a legend. It is one of them people that people have heard of. He's one of people that has heard of, people love listening to. And I remember very well the day that I got the email to say that he's willing to come on to the show. I told you. And wow. we were like kids at Christmas. We were absolutely... Ecstatic, we like excited. We was like kids at the North Pole at Christmas. <laughs> we was like ki- we was like kids that were at the North Pole, where Easter, Halloween, and Christmas and their birthday are all on the same day. It was absolutely insane. We are, of course, talking about the former captain of Chelsea, the first captain to lift the FA Cup trophy, uh, the the first captain to lift the FA Cup trophy for Chelsea the first captain to lift a European trophy, i.e. the Cup Winners' Cup in 1971, a man who was revered up and down the country by strikers and defenders alike, uh, made more appearances for Chelsea than any other player in history, a record of 792, played for us across three decades, gave up a career playing professional cricket, as we found out on the show. We did. Which was brand new news to his own grandson, who got in contact with the show to say that was brand new information to him. We are, of course, talking about the one and only one, Chopper Harris. And now that, our second guest, now that, Keith, was something that... Now, forgive us, viewers, but I think you'll understand this. We thought that it was going to take 10 years to establish ourselves to get to the point that we could interview somebody of such stature, of such history and heritage to the club, that we was wondering that the numbers of these people that would be around and capable of doing it, through no fault of their own, just through, you know, the, the time continuum that keeps on ticking, we was worried <laughs> that we'd never get around to interviewing some of these legends. So in month number three, interview guest number two, podcast episode maybe number 12 or something something along them lines you are correct episode 12 episode 12 i do have a bit of a memory for numbers <laughs> um we had the great one chopper harris on the show who and for those of you that haven't listened to it go and listen to it because it's a fantastic episode and keith done some fantastic work with um some of the audio on it and there's some other episodes as well talking about that like, obviously there's some audio there from the the, the Chelsea Leeds FA Cup final games and everything. And at the end of it, what always gives me chills at the end of the audio that you've got, which is, I believe, the radio commentary from the night. It was actually the BBC radio commentary from the night. But at the end, when the Chelsea players are going up to lift up the trophy, you can hear all the Chelsea fans singing, Chelsea! 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 And it really, it, uh, ever since I first used to watch that on VHS, the official history of Chelsea FC, up to and including 1989, um, I used to watch that on VHS and it always gave me goosebumps and talking to the man that was there that left his studs in half of the Leeds players faces and you know and obviously a year later lifted the Cup Winners Cup against Real Madrid another time we played Real Madrid in a major semi or European final and not even not been beaten not gone behind even 
um, just another time. Um, and it was it was just amazing. And yeah, he told us about playing football in the back garden with his dad and his brother. The fact that he was an Arsenal fan growing up and used to sit in the North Bank every single week from reserves to youth games to the full team every Saturday, Wednesday, Thursday, Sunday, whatever it was. And then he gave up a career playing cricket for Middlesex to play for Chelsea. And the reason he played for Chelsea was because they offered two Bob Moore a month and they paid his travel. And just it, it, interview guest number two. Number two, it was just... I, I, I'll be honest with you, Keith. I was a little bit worried that the podcast had hit such a high and we was just going to go downhill from there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it was always going to be difficult to I mean you've done obviously our viewers know what an incredible job you've done since and I know about all the guests that we're going to move on to and stuff now but yeah like it was almost going to be impossible to top that you've done a great job being able to but well I mean it gave us it gave us a platform to speak to people on the other side of the coin because it's it's all very well having people on the podcast that were either there as spectators or, you know, they might have even been the ball boys or whatever, but to get somebody of that calibre, as you say, someone like Ron Harris, there was no sort of end to where we could go from that. We was just, as you say, although we got a legend as our first player guest, then the wheel started turning a bit more about trying to get, other people in and we then had the idea confidence it gave us a confidence right i think it gave getting chopper harris on the show gave us confidence thinking well if we can get the guy that's played more times for chelsea than anybody else who can who can we not get yes and we sort of discussed about people that we felt would be more realistic to get people that we would like to get and then we started to think about with this podcast maybe we can do one a month and then that's how it happened. We are again, we still reviewed matches. We still had a bit of a laugh. And then fast forward on to further down the line, we got a player who won the Premier League with Chelsea. Somebody who, again, divided opinion when he was at Chelsea, but sort of made his name at another club and is now partly established at another club is Sean Wright Phillips. Now, somebody who I d- did enjoy watching while while he was at Chelsea, and I know he didn't pl- he didn't play as many games as probably what he would have hoped, and he even did say that, and even fans would have hoped. But great interview, and it was nice to sort of have an insight into why he chose Chelsea over Arsenal. His conversations with Jose at the time, where. And this is the point. I don't, I, don't, I don't think anyone ever really needs an insight into why you would join Chelsea over Arsenal. But it was nice to hear the insight <laughs> from a professional footballer. But I think we all know when they thought they were still good, they know. Yeah, when good. Arsenal were really winning funny. matches. That's what's, that's what's really funny is back in 2008, Arsenal at least had this like kind of logical delusion that they were still good at least now watching them they just know that their shit is really funny they used to get really annoyed that they lost when they thought they were good now they're annoyed before the match starts because they know their shit (laughs) we could have beaten them 7-0 if we wanted to the other week Sorry, Arsenal. You can probably imagine my my esteemed colleague had a good laugh when we beat Arsenal two 0 at the Emirates earlier this season. But it it was good again for the podcast to have somebody who people know, not just 
because he was a footballer, but because of who his dad is as, as well as and what he has done outside of football, it was great. There, there was a few reservations on our, my part, as, as well as your part, in regards to certain things that was happening in the podcast at that point. We did straighten them out, which was okay. But I think we was more, again, looking to try and put the podcast in a direction that would suit both both of us. Well, well this is the thing. I mean, me, my, myself and Keith both had very uh, a very clear end goal for the podcast. It's just that maybe we, we maybe we differed slightly on how we was going to achieve it, and mm. we put our heads together. And instead instead of banging our heads together and spoiling what was an in, an incredibly enjoyable thing, we obviously made the decision to you know allocate ourselves into sort of new roles and do what we could best for the podcast. And I believe that it's worked very well since i mean if you look at the the success of the podcast we have obviously you being at the front of it and me joining you behind the scenes a little bit more and you know doing what i can behind the scenes it clearly works very well and like you say there was a transitional period for the blue day podcast and it was uh it was a tricky period and it was a tricky period to Mm. navigate but we managed to work our way through it and like you say the chopper harris coming on the show and then sean mike phillips and like you say we're we're gonna go through like you know all the people that you've had on the show and everything individually and talk about their oh we are going to talk about him individually yeah but there was there there was a couple of names and obviously like chopper harris i could never get that name when i think of the names that we've had on our show i can just never get like our our mate ron out of my head like you know what i mean And, and a shout out as well to his to his daughter Claire, who's and made a lot of it possible and arranged and scheduled a lot of it. A big shout out to Claire. She was an absolute like yeah. superstar and she was such a help. And it couldn't have happened without her. And a lot of the success is down to myself and Keith, of course it is, but a lot of it is owed to Ron and therefore Claire as well. So thank you very much for that. I'd like to reiterate our thanks to Claire for that as well. But there was one or two people when we was talking about last august september when we were talking about oh you imagine in five years time when we can get all these people on the show and everything there was a few people that i in particular mentioned to you and they was the likes of the mid-90s crew when i was talking about paul furlong and mark steen and john spencer and dimitri kareen and you know people that i grew up and i really remember watching my first game was in 1989 but I sort of remember remembering everybody's names sort of around 93, 94, Terry Phelan and Erlen Johnson and, you know, people like that. And there's two people that you've had on the show that I am going to mention now um, that you've had on the show from that era, big names from that era, important players from that era, two players in particular that I remember saying to you that these two players I would be so excited for. And that was one Gavin Peacock and one Kevin Hitchcock. Two fantastic loyal servants to the club Kevin Hitchcock at the club for over a decade you know was a loyal member of many a Chelsea club under many a Chelsea manager never complained never complained if he was on the bench I never remember seeing anything bad about him in the press his interview that he done with you was absolutely fantastic he was really open and he made a good joke and made a good you know snap about being like a West Ham boy and the fact that he's an East Londoner and all the rest of it and blah 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 and him and Gavin Peacock Gavin Peacock telling like opening up about personal issues that he had in his life and it was personal issues that 
contributed to him moving back down from the northeast from Newcastle back down to Chelsea and talking about his dad and his time now in Canada. They was absolute those interviews that you expect to see on Sky Sports. So there was kind of like two sides for it to me. One, they was really, really professional interviews that was fantastically well done. And I enjoyed listening to them, not because they was the Blue Day podcast, because they was really good interviews. But secondly, because these were two of my heroes growing up. These were two guys that I had posters of on the wall. You know, when people talk about, oh, when I was a kid, I had a Lamborghini Corniche on me wall or Aventador, wherever it is. You know, I had Gavin Peacock, Kevin Hitchcock, people like, do you know what I mean? I had people like that on my wall when I was growing up. So to feel connected in some way to something that they was doing that was so good was a real buzz for me. And just... Again, I mean, I know the viewers got like really into it. I know like Gavin Peacock and his and Kevin Hitchcock's interview to listen to are probably my two favourite interviews, I have to say. I have to say. The mid-90s lot is just... Again, Chopper Harris, you can never take him off of his pedestal because <laughs> apart apart from possibly a Mason Mount, I can't imagine anybody getting within 200 matches of him these days. You know, the days of Terry and Lampard have gone. We know that now. So you can never take him off of the pedestal that he's on. And obviously, you know, we was about to move into that sort of period of time there when the transition of me moving behind the scenes and you moving on and finding guests as podcasts for the show. And obviously, for the viewers that don't know, tell us what happened after I moved well, behind the scenes. Well, I was going to say, before we do touch on that, there was one episode that we did do together. It was one of our last ones before you decided to uh, go behind the scenes. And that was one that for me, I was going in with a blank page because I had no idea where this was going to go. And this was something that meant a lot to you. And I remember specifically where I was when you asked me, can we do this? Uh I had no problem with it. I thought it was something that, as a Chelsea fan, it would it was my duty to do because it would be a case of we've got this platform, not a case of advertising it, but it was just more putting the name out there and that was a bone that that, that was making a bonus. That yeah was, making was a people aware making people aware of not just the fact he was a Chelsea fan but the fact that this individual touched so many lives and had so many friends and the family loved him and adored him. And we wanted to sort of do something out of respect. And we did that for Wurzel, you know, somebody who you you knew well. And that was a, that was a very deep episode for those that are not aware, find it on on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere. Find it on YouTube, for God's sake. But it was an episode where it took a lot out of me afterwards. Mm. I will I will freely admit, it took a lot out of me afterwards. And it was a case of reflection, you know, looking at life in, in, an, in, in, a, in a different way. Because we spoke to Wurzel O'Brien's family. We spoke, we heard from these family with notes and comments yeah. that you were fantastic to get you know and i still appreciate that to this day that you was able to share that with myself and share it with the listeners and when we was able to upload pictures of him on instagram and sort of you know highlight that we're talking about this guy the feedback we got was huge yeah and it is still one of our top 
listened shows on YouTube. Yeah, it's one of our most viewed. Yeah, all you know, and we, we, we've had some fantastic guests, but that's that episode still. For those of you who have listened to it, for those of you who knew him and liked our episode, thank you from the bottom of my heart as well as my good friend here. One a case of we had fun doing it, but we enjoyed. We did. No, we did. We had fun doing it. Mm. We did have fun doing it because it was, you know, we. Um, it, it's fair to say that we had fun doing it, Keith. I know what you mean. There. It was fun to hear the memories. We got a lot of stories from his nephew Jimmy, um, his his daughters. We got messages from his sister, his nephew Ryan. We got uh, obviously we had Boot Steve Boots come on to the show. That's right. Actually, give a message. We got a message through from his brothers, from his family in general, from his niece. We got messages from all over. We got messages from. Chelsea fans, we got messages from just friends and people that barely, but we got messages after from people that barely even knew him. Oh yeah, I remember this one time when I was blah blah, and you know, and it was it was a very it was a very difficult episode to do. It took a lot out of it. I don't think it was necessarily the episode itself that took a lot out of us. It's the fact that we we took the time of taking a month to prepare it. You know, hmm. we had you know we had essentially a script and we had a schedule and we had recordings and we had all these notes that we wanted to read out and uh like you said it was for it was for Carl Wurzel O'Brien hashtag justice for Cole Cole's life was tragically taken from him at a very young age uh, not too many years ago in the Roundshore estate um the the perpetrators are still at large you know nobody's ever been convicted for the offense hence the hashtag justice for Carl is still quite a big thing on the internet you can find information on it so we implore you to you know uh, look at the information on that and you know they're still out there somewhere so that was another part of the reason that we did the show because we wanted to continue to raise the awareness as well for Cole and for the justice that his family so desperately and so deservedly seek um, and I know that his family were extremely touched I know that they listened to it and we we released it on the anniversary of his death which was the 20 was it 23rd of December it was the 23rd I'm going December. back. It was the 23rd of December, absolutely. 23rd, yeah. 23rd of December. Um, yeah. And I know that uh, some of them listened to it on the 23rd. Some of them got together over Christmas time, whether it be the 24th, 25th, 26th. They got together over at fam- uh, Christmas and they listened to it as a family together. And I'm very good friends with the O'Briens and they said it was very weird listening to me and everything. But they was they were so pleased and they were so and they were so humbled and they were so gracious and it was worth every second. Yeah, it took a lot out of me emotionally and indeed probably like physically because, you know, there was going to work leading up to Christmas and then trying to squeeze in all these recordings and all these notes and messages and speaking to it. And it's not just a case of messaging someone going, oh, I'm doing a podcast for your uncle. Can you leave a nice note? You know, it's, it's a case of this is what we're doing. This is we're going to how we're going to handle it. Do we have permission? Can I can you say a few words? And it was so it wasn't the simplest thing to do. In it. it was very time consuming, but oh, my God, worth it. And yeah, thank you very much to the podcast for giving me that platform to be able to do it. Um, <clears throat> it was a uh, it was something that I'm very pleased and very proud to have done. I'm very proud of it. They, you know, it's uh I think people should be proud of things that they do probably a lot more than they are, but I am very proud of myself and you, and I'm very proud of the podcast for getting to a stage where we put so much work into it in such a short amount of time that we could present that on our platform and get it to thousands of people, you know? So yeah, that was excellent. That that, that was the personal highlight 
of the year for me. I mean, yeah, Chopper, and I'm sure Wurzel will understand <laughs> when I say this, right? And Wurzel, I know you're up there cracking a laugh, right? But when Chopper came on the show, listen, mate, I tell you what, that's pushing it. I mean, like, I'm more saying it out of respect, you know. I mean, you are, of course, my highlight of the year, and you would always be my highlight on the podcast. Nothing else would ever get close to you, Wurzel. But I tell you what, Chopper pushed you fucking close. And I think you understand. Well, Wurzel was a groundsman back in the 70s. He was very possibly a groundsman and very possibly, you know, probably, probably went over the white line from when Chopper Harris had booted somebody off and taken the touchline out, you know. I'm sure he put the corner flag back in after Chopper had put somebody's head through it. So, you know, I'm sure he'd understand. But no, fantastic episode and was very grateful to have done it. And that was 2020 from September to Christmas. That that was us. And then we looked at the podcast. We looked at our figures. We knew that there was a, not a huge following, but there was more of a cult following, that there was... Mm. The regular people that were listening to us from different countries. We had we had a lot from America and Australia, and I'm going to talk about what we've you know the countries that are are listening to us sort of later because I've got more of the numbers um, because we have a few more countries that are now listening to us. So thank you massively for that. So we roll on 2021. You decide that you need to move on take a step back from recorded and we did actually do an episode on that we did discuss in detail we discussed in detail what we wanted to do and so it was the fact that obviously we obviously as part of that interview i discussed a lot about um my detachment to chelsea in recent years and how i've become very detached with the club and how it's not the club that i followed as a kid and yes they're hugely successful and but, but it wasn't quite so I was I was detached from the club as well so I didn't feel that I could pour that I don't do anything by 99% so I only do things at 100% and I didn't feel that I could put in the emotion and therefore the dedication and the motivation required to keep the podcast to the impeccably high standards that it was which is why I decided to take a step back and focus more on the, the behind the scenes and the social media. I've got a bit of a passion for social media, even though I despise social media. I have a bit of a passion for controlled social media and I watch a lot of social media and I know quite a lot. It sounds silly, but I know quite a lot about it. I do quite a lot of research into it. As Keith knows, I spend many an hour researching how to uh, optimise our channel on social media as much as I can. So mm. I felt that I could put my 100% passion into that. And to be fair, it, it, the balance has worked really well, hasn't it, Keith? Yes, and it was something that we discussed off air, of course. You know, we discussed it for many days. So yes. we we looked at it. We wanted to keep the format going whereby we would interview ex-players, and we did that. We had a great one with Kevin Wilson yeah. in, in January. What a good guy. What a good guy, Kevin Wilson. Is. Fantastic that's striker. The, that, that's the main thing that I took from that interview. Again, Great interview. Fantastically well done. I know how nervous you were. One of your sort of earlier, was it your first interview by yourself or maybe your second? It was the second one. So it, it was, was the early second days. One, yeah. It was early days without, you know, being in the hot seat by yourself and having all mm. the pressure on yourself. But what I took from that interview was what a lovely guy Kevin Wilson is. Mm. What a lovely guy. We sort of looked at that. We looked at the Kevin Wilson one, which was, which was great. And it was somebody who doesn't get 
the recognition he 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 actually deserves to be fair in the sort of the early stages at Chelsea especially in the late 80s early 90s tough tough times to be a Chelsea player tough Mm. times to be a Chelsea player we then had somebody from Chelsea's academy that then was part of that era when Rude Hullet was there Glenn Glenn Hoddle was there Viali was in charge of Chelsea and that was Mark Nichols yeah somebody who will always be remembered for his goals against Tottenham at White Hart yeah. Lane, the six-one win should be noted. It was never great. Be forgotten that will never be forgotten. That no, and it was it was great because we was able to establish a following whereby certain Chelsea supporters of a certain age that probably didn't know who Kevin Wilson was might have known better who Mark Nichols was. So it was we was looking at it from a Chelsea perspective on we're trying to get all fans in. So we weren't just looking more specifically at the newer fans. We weren't looking to try and get, you know, with all due respect, the old codgers that probably podcasts are not the sort of thing. We were trying to go for everybody. So then the 1st of March, 2021. Hence why, sorry, Keith, there just, no, by all means, I've, I've never noticed the link there. So our first ex player guest was, Ron Chopperaris. Yes. And our second ex-player, I guess, was Sean Wright Phillips. Yes. So you're talking about getting the old Codger fans in and the new age fans in. So you had the captain from the first time we won the FA Cup and the second guest you got on in his first season for Chelsea won the FA Cup. Nice little link there talking about old and new fans. Can't do better than that. I'll, I'll try right, my best. Thinking that, thinking that, right, Felix won the FA Cup in 07 for Chelsea. He did, but he, he he signed in 05, so his first season he did win the Premier League. Okay, so his second season he won. His second Cup. season. I get what you meant. It's been a long day. Yeah, it has been a long day. But then the podcast... It's quarter past, it's quarter past six in the morning. How long have you been away? <laughs> the podcast then evolved further, and after months of discussions we was able to get two established Chelsea names as guest hosts for the podcast in Ron Harris and Gary Chivers. Great guys to have on the podcast, some fantastic stories. And the podcast did go to another level because the figures went up. People started to know more about us and it was great. And then we even had a top journalist in his time, somebody who has written many books about Chelsea in Harry Harris. He still is a very good football journalist, is Harry Harris. You have of Harry Harris. As I sit here, ladies and gentlemen, you cannot see the video. I can see Keith's bookcase and I can see at least about eight Harry Harris books on there. So he is obviously a big fan of his. But that was a bit of a Jermaine Pickford moment for those of the viewers that remember oh. that one. But it was a bit of a Jermaine Pickford I was waiting moment. for you to bring that up on this reunion <laughs> show. I, I can't believe it's nearly been over half an hour and you've brought it listen, up. Listen, I made my notes, which are as follows. Jermaine Pickford. That's, that's the end of my notes. <laughs> <laughs> oh no no wait a minute wait a minute there is an extra Chris Sutton is a wanker there was two notes technically but we had covered the Chris Sutton bit already so it was fine we was able to have Harry Harris on for <laughs> three episodes talking about Chelsea and talking about certain certain stories that 
were occurring and certain things that were happening at Chelsea at the time, especially with Roman Abramovich turning up, the inside story of the issues between Rude Hullet and Ken Bates, and then when Viali took over. So all of that mixed in, plus the ex-player interviews, and then we had you know some fantastic guests within the space of a month. The likes of Alan Mays, Steve Wicks, Alan Hudson, Clive Wilson, Alan yeah, Alan Hudson. Clive, I was going to talk about them in a minute, and then Paul Hughes. You know, again, somebody from yeah, Chelsea's Hughes. academy. What a great interview. That was a very insightful interview. Him and Mark Nichols, obviously talking about that period of time where mm. Chelsea were starting to become a really successful team. We had just come off the back. We was kind of in the middle of those seasons where we won the FA Cup and then the League Cup, then the Cup Winners' Cup, then the Super Cup. Then we won the FA Cup a year or two later again. And mm. we got into the Champions League and there were seasons that we was competing for the league. And I mean, being around the club at that time with the likes of across that period of sort of four or five years from Zola and Di Matteo and uh, Mark Hughes and Viali and you know Frank LaBeouf moving on to your Marcel Desailles and your Ida Johnsons and your Jimmy Floyd Hasselbanks and your Jesper Gronkiers and you know your people like that it was it was an amazing time to be a Chelsea player and those interviews for those of you that haven't listened to them or even for those of you that have go back and re-listen to them because I think they're really worth a re-listen but the Paul Hughes and Mark Nichols interviews were mm. absolutely I thought they was really insightful thought that again Keith your questioning was excellent obviously really opened the interview up and well worth a listen ladies and gentlemen for those of you that haven't caught it's on our YouTube channel and like Keith said there are all episodes are on YouTube and all episodes you can find there's links even if you're just on the Facebook there'll be a go back on the Blue Day podcast there'll be a link for it and then due to conflicting schedules and due to time constraints obviously Ron Harris and Mr Chivers were unable to carry on with the podcast but we was able to get the great Steve Wicks, and I will say the great Steve Wicks because he is one of the nicest guys that I haven't met face to face yet. But my goodness, we have been speaking on and and by one of what he means is he's the second nicest person that he's never met face to face because he's never met me face to face. That's why he, that's why he said one of, not the. I weren't going to say the, of course not. I weren't <laughs> going to say the, but Steve Wicks came in whereby. We did need a new co-host and it was a case of I wanted to carry on with the review of Chelsea matches because I felt it was important to keep that. And thankfully, he was able to come in. Really nice guys, people that know him. It's been a pleasure to sort of speak to him about Chelsea. And again, Warren, the great thing is, is that he's a Chelsea fan. He's yes. not one of the guys that say, oh, I was did this, I did this. Oh, but I'm not really bothered. He cares about Chelsea. And he how he reacted with the Champions League final is something that I won't forget. Obviously, talking to him after the game, <laughs> it was just unbelievable. I do believe that one of the two of you, I won't say which, I do believe that one of the two of you had had a couple of sherbets, haven't you? Put it this way, this was... Uh, an unbelievable experience and I thank everyone that was part of the podcast and made the podcast what it is. The fact that when Chelsea won the Champions League, I got two ex-players calling me, little old me, after the game, going completely and utterly bananas that Chelsea won the Champions League. That doesn't yeah. happen every day. As Chelsea fans, that does not happen to a Chelsea fan. That does not happen to you if you support a football team. That does not happen to you. 
right? That's just not something that happens to you. I mean, you think that night you had the most perfect night that you could ever imagine. Chelsea won with a clean sheet against an English team, against a team from Manchester in the Champions League final. The noisy neighbours from Manchester as well, which was particularly great. You had a phone call from two ex-Chelsea players and you had a phone call from me. I mean... Even better. I think I even video called you from the pub. But also that month of May, not just the Champions League final, but the podcast. And this is something that I've always had in my mind for this podcast. I wanted to, I wanted it to be different from all the other podcasts that is out there, whether it's from England or even in the States. I wanted it to be different. So my idea for this podcast as it was the 50th anniversary of Chelsea winning the Cup Winners' Cup against Madrid, I was looking to do a reunion show slash interviews with some of the players of that great side of 1971 that Ron Harris was part of and the likes of Derek Smedhurst, which many people might not remember, but please listen to that interview because, my goodness, he's got some stories to tell. Alan Hudson, which I'll, I'll briefly talk about in a minute, John Dempsey, again, one of the nicest guys I speak to, but I've never met. Utter, proper gentleman. When the name gentleman's in the dictionary, there is a picture of John Dempsey in the dictionary as well. He he personifies the word gentleman. And John Boyle as well, that was part of that great team. You know well, Warren, it was very stressful. And there was many hours trying to get these guys for the interview, not just because of time constraints, not just because of laptop issues, but just to get them in the month of May talking about Chelsea from 50 years, half a freaking century ago. Mike, you name me another freaking podcast that can do that. I can't, but it was, it was just, um, it was just unbelievable to hear the stories that people have told us about how great Chelsea was in that era to hear the stories from them people that when you watch Chelsea on the big match on ITV four, for example, and you see these players playing, you're like, my God, these guys I've spoken to, but people can listen to and hear their stories. Yeah. Believe you me, May 2021, I hope will not be, there will be no other stressful month like that was. I hope. Yeah, but what a way to finish it. But that was, that was fantastic. And I, I thank Alan Hudson, Derek Smedhurst, John Dempsey and John Boyle for their time on the, on the show for their interviews. And, Put it this way, if you see a Chelsea legend at Chelsea before you go to to the ground or you see them around the stadium, don't badger them and sort of, you know, ask for their autograph. Just ask them, how are they? Yeah. Because they'll probably appreciate that as much as anything else. Don't sort of say, oh, you know, I want an autograph or a selfie or, you know, sign my shirt. Just ask them how they are. Yeah. You know, um, and then we had the summer, Warren, and... You know me, I'm quite optimistic. I try to be optimistic. My idea for June, July and August was to do a special look at players that Chelsea signed in the summer, whether it was the 90s, 80s or the noughties. And then that's when we had 
the likes of Gavin Peacock. What a guy to start that yeah. particular, you know, uh, schedule like with. Say, but like, like, like I say, apart from the great chopper and apart from the podcast that we did for Wurzel, which was obviously completely different in terms of ex-player interviews, I'll put it this way. The ones that I haven't been involved in, Gavin and Kevin Hitchcock were my favourites, the, the Gavin Peacock. And despite the fact that he has an autobiography out, Gavin Peacock, interview-wise, he doesn't do many. So it was great to have him on on the podcast, albeit he was in Canada, lovely country, by the way. And it was great to sort of discuss Chelsea from a period where I was a fan of Chelsea. And I remembered certain stories where he told me about the 94 run, Glenn Hoddle, for example. It was great. And then we looked at the likes of John Sparrow, again, somebody from the 70s, that was a Chelsea led, came through the yeah. Chelsea youth system and played a lot of games for us in the old a second division, Kevin Hitchcock. Now, for those of you that are not aware, what a penalty saver. A great penalty saver. But he should it, have, I'll tell you what, right? I, I'll tell you what, Keith, to cut you off there, right? In the Super Cup, right? I would have bought on Kevin Hitchcock ahead of Kepper, I'm telling you. <laughs> I would have had him straight on. I would have had him with Peter Cech's hat on. For those that are perhaps not well known of how we set up here at the podcast, we try and contact as many people that we feel is realistic to get on the show and for those that we feel have got a story to tell. We don't just randomly... Yeah, we con- sure we don't contact anybody. We, yeah, yeah, we... we-, make, yeah, we- we, we we do it specifically. I mean, there's certain Chelsea players that we haven't necessarily contacted because even though we might find them interesting, we don't. We know that not necessarily a large demographic of Chelsea fans are going to mm. find them. Uh, like, it's not going to be an attractive interview to them. So we all, mm. obviously that's why we get on the likes of Gavin Peacock and Kevin Hitchcock and Chabaris. Kevin Hitchcock, for example, somebody who was there from the 80s all the way up to the noughties because he was part of the FA Cup in 2000. He was behind the scenes at that point. Yeah. I contacted the club where he works with, which is New England Revolution in the MLS. No way did I ever think that they would get back to me within 24 hours to say, yeah, he'll do it. No problem. It was, um, it was just crazy. And I remember contacting you when I got the email back and we were both shocked. Yeah. And again, you can sort of probably tell by the sound of the interview, you can tell from my voice. And I was in awe of the guy because of the fact that not only is he giving up his time, bearing in mind, he wasn't at home. He was at the training ground (laughs) finishing up. Yeah. And I had to speak to a few people as within the new, new England setup to make sure that he is able to do it. And obviously we was under a time limit. My God, for me, that was one of the top interviews that I've done. Yeah. Because of the fact he lives in the States, thousands of miles away. The fact that a professional football club. Now, if any of those who are working for a professional football club that may actually think twice about this, Bear it in mind, when somebody emails you, we do get emails back. Yeah, generic ones. Yes, but to get him on, brilliant. And then we sort of carried on. Darren Barnard, 
again, somebody who Chelsea signed, somebody who was part of the early stages of Chelsea in the 90s. He had a great story to tell, and I do urge people to listen to that. Chris Hutchins, people might know him as a as an assistant who was a who was also a very good coach in his own right in the Premier League. He had a great story to tell from Chelsea in the eighties, and then we move on to mid July, Warren, and this is something that I was extremely proud of to have, and it had to be two parts; couldn't just be one. Because of the because of the size of the interview, spy. Yeah. Now, somebody that I mean, how long was he in that at Chelsea for before he retired? Eighty, 80 years. No, eighty. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, it was. What was it? Thirty odd years, wasn't it? Round thirty. Yeah, it was. It was over thirty. About thirty years. Now you think of the when you think of the great days and great nights at Stamford Bridge, and you think of the wars against Barcelona and the 4-2 against Bayern Munich and the 3-1 against Vicenza and the 3-1 against Barca and the 8-0 against Wigan and the great FA Cup matches there down the years and Real Zaragoza in 95 and Millwall in 95 and, you know, like all these great matches down the years. And you just think that he introduced every single one of those players, every single one of those teams, every single one of those men. Every time a manager, every, when, Mark Hughes, when Mark Hughes or Jen Frank goes over to come back to Stamford Bridge, he was the man who said a big welcome back to Stamford Bridge to blah, blah, blah. And he was just the man. I mean, I remember that the, the best the best story that I have of Neil Barnett as, as an announcer when I was actually there was me and Aaron, again, another avid listener of the Blue Day podcast. And it was 2005 and it was, I think it was the second home game of the season. We had beaten Wigan and Arsenal 1-0 and we had a midweek game against West Brom. And we was actually rested a few players. So I think Crespo was rested, Drogba was rested, SEM was rested, Paolo Ferreira was rested, Peter Cech was rested, um, one or two other players, you know, maybe a Robin was rested and maybe a, I don't know who else was rested. Somebody else was rested, maybe a Carvalho or Terry or something. I don't know. He'd made about eight or nine changes, Mourinho had. So I rung up Aaron on the day. I lived in Milton Keynes at the time. Aaron was down in Croydon Way. So I rung him. We met up at Victoria, spent the day like having a few drinks, having something to eat or whatever. And, and that night he said, right, <clears throat> so in goal, Number 23, Cardo Cudicini. Number two, Glenn Johnson. This is 21st birthday today. I remember that bit as well. And he said he went through the team. And then he came out with, it's a bit of a weak bench. Number one, Peter Cech. And then it was like, you know, Peter Cech, Ricardo Carvalho, Paolo Ferreira, I am Robin, Michael Essien, Didier Drogba. Like, you know, it was just this, like, Matthias Kesman, whoever it was, I don't know. It was just like the, the, the strongest bench that the Premier League had ever known. And then he'd done the West Brom team. And then just as they was about to kick off, he'd done the... And that was really funny. You know, me and Aaron were laughing at this point quite a lot. Everyone else was laughing at that. And then he said, and then at the intro to the game, he was like, ladies and gentlemen, it's your champions, the champions of England. It's Chelsea! versus West Bromwich Albion. <laughs> and it was just absolutely hilarious. And that was one of the first times that I really recognised that it was always the same person. 
that was doing it. It was kind of, it had never really clicked that I'd been to hundreds of matches before that point. And like, obviously most of them at Stamford Bridge and throughout all of my years going in the nineties, he would have been the announcer and he would have done all the, you know, he would have announced John Terry's signing of the contract on the sign of the pitch at halftime when John Terry's dad didn't go out on the pitch because he had the ump because he wanted him to sign for Man United um, and all that. And like, you know, he would have been there pitch side for all the different players that had signed and come back over the years and the fans. And he would have just experienced it all from ground level throughout his whole career. And there's probably nobody better because you could interview a Jose Mourinho. You could interview a Ken Bates. You could interview a Roman Abramovich. You could interview a John Terry. You could interview any of them and not one of them would have seen as much as that man over the years. Because he would have seen it all. So, yeah, what a coup for the for the podcast. Something that, again, you talk about the like getting the likes of Chopper Harris, getting someone the likes of Neil Despire Barnett. It, it, it's that kind of level. It's that, it's that level for a different reason, but it's that kind of level. His knowledge and his intimacy of the club. And like you were saying earlier, a Chelsea fan. Like, do yeah. you know what I mean? Somebody yeah. that it's just in his blood, it's in his DNA. You know, they say you cut it's the Chelsea disease, isn't it? It's the Chelsea love. It's it's a very unique thing amongst Southern Club. They often say, and do you know what? It's, it, it sounds funny, but they used to, they actually say this on uh, the football game FIFA. Other football games are available, but they say this on the football game FIFA. For many years, the commentators would actually comment on the fact that Chelsea fans were the only fans from the south that were known to have the passion of the teams of the north. I mean, when you consider all the noisiest stadiums in the country, you think about Stoke and Liverpool and St James's Park and Sunderland. They're all in the north of England, basically. And it's that kind of love that he has. And that's why he's so connected. to It's part of the reason someone like Joe Cole is so connected to the club. Somebody that wasn't with us for that long of a time, really. There's probably not many people that only spent sort of seven or eight years with us. Oh, he's a long time, but he spent seven or eight years with us. And it was like he only ever played for Chelsea. He's just a proper Chelsea fan. And that was the same with... Neil Barnett, he was just a proper Chelsea man and a proper gentleman. And like you say, he had so much to talk about it. He got split into two interviews. And the only reason he got split into two interviews is because he was running out of days of the week to record it. (laughs) So, And that wasn't because he rabbited on like I do. That was just because he had so much to say. And it was very, very, again, that's another... I mean, obviously, I'm going to say you should listen to all our podcasts. What else am I going to say? Oh, yeah, that one was shit. Don't listen to that. Obviously, I'm going to say they're all brilliant. But there are probably 10 in particular out of the hundred or so that are on there, including all the watching on the hundreds of videos mm. that are on mm. there that we've uploaded mm. and classic highlights over the years and different feats and pieces, different bits and pieces that you've done with Chopper and Chibs and all the other interviews and the reviews that we've done and the words or this reunion show of everything we've done. There's probably 10 that if somebody was sat in my house and they said, what's your podcast about? I'd say watch these 10 episodes. Yeah. And they're the ones that we've mentioned. That would the be pe- one of, yeah. The, the Peacock, the Hitchcock, the Harry Harris, the Neil Barnett, the Chopper Harris, probably one or two of the other 70s interviews as well, the Sean Wright Phillips, the couple of Academy ones. And then obviously like the, the pitch owners one was good. And like, you know, some of our reviews are really good as well. If you listen to our reviews from last September, October, and then 
put into you know that we had theories back then they've been put into practice mm. since then and the realities mm. have come true you can see me and Keith often discuss and by me and Keith often discuss I often mean that I'll message him and say oh go to this second of the podcast and he'll listen to it and I'll be like I see that I was right when I, I called <laughs> that didn't I I knew I was right you've done uh, that a few times uh, you have yes, done that a few times yeah, a, few, a few dozen expect a few more as well it was like when the great chopper Harris come on the show and he agreed with me about Kepper about the fact that he'd been hung out to dry and he was actually a very good goalkeeper and Chelsea and I'm very pleased that Chelsea fans got behind him and when he saved and when he saved them penalties he made himself he, he made himself he, he rebuilt his bridges and I have to admire the man a lot uh, for that. I mean, we, we I do agree with that. We, we haven't discussed massively the players. We all know what's gone at Chelsea Football Club. We all know that we won the Champions League. We all know that we've signed the Kaka. We all know that certain players have left and we're disappointed about that. Me and Keith have kind of almost deliberately like left that out of the podcast because we kind of know what's going on with that in a minute. But Kepa is one of the huge success stories of the last 12 months at Chelsea for me. And... Um, I think it says it all that Tuchel hasn't gone out and bought another goalkeeper. No. I mean, we bought Bettinelli, but we... Have, you know, we need a third choice. With yeah, big clubs now, you you buy free goalkeepers. You buy free goalkeepers. So yeah. we had Neil Barnett on. And again, please listen to it. It's, it's, it's great. He tells some great stories about the day when Roman bought the club, the day that Zola... Was leaving. What when, he, what when he flew? When he when he flew over Tottenham and decided to no. When he flew over Chelsea on the way to Tottenham and decided to buy us instead. <laughs> <laughs> Warren, the, the ex players kept coming. You know the likes of Kenny Swain. I just forgot. It got to the point that you was ringing me up and you was like, "I've just interviewed Steve Wicks," and I was like, "Oh, is he one of the people coming on?" Jeez, did I get an email about that? I'm. There. <laughs> this was. It was getting to a point where we was getting a a a, a lot of content on a lot of. Because it was all in demand. It was getting to a stage where we've got people from all over the world now listening to us, you know. And again, people from Jamaica, Greece, Colombia, for crying out loud, Ireland, Sweden. Fantastic. America, Australia, Norway, Denmark, yes. Sweden. So we've had the likes of Kenny Swain, Tony Dorigo as well, which was quite a recent one. That came out on the 14th of August. Fantastic gentleman. I know that his allegiances is partly with Leeds United, which is fair enough, but he's got a good story to tell with Chelsea. That's not a Chelsea ringtone. That's not a Chelsea ringtone at all. No, God knows who that is. I will find out later. later. <laughs> you don't normally hear that on the player interviews. And then very recent, and I'm, I'll sort of leave it with in regards to the player interviews because we've sort of discussed them. By the time you listen to this, which this is coming out on the 8th of September, we've had two great interviews that have come out within the space of a week. Jakob Kielberg came out on Sunday Very and the Very iconic, the iconic Pat Nevin came yeah. out. The, his episode came out on Monday. And yeah, somebody Pat who Nevin, the, the the Chelsea TV and talk sport hero, like again, I mean? he has a autobiography that I urge people to buy. He, if you can, he, I think he, there are some at Chelsea Mega Store that are signed by him. So feel free to purchase a book. But getting people like that, I'm not just sort of saying this, you know, just just to sort of blow my own trumpet. No way, this time last year. 
that I ever thought I would get them established names of football on a podcast. No. Near enough my podcast. Bearing in mind Jakob lives in France and mm. half the time he spends filming Pat Nevin is always busy with Chelsea TV and does his bits for uh, Chelsea FC match days and even with BBC. But other fantastic guests that we've had and I'm very lucky and I will say this, I'm very, very lucky to have spoken to every single one of them and I thank every single one of them for being part of the podcast. Some I've forged good friendships with, others mere acquaintances, which is fair enough. But I'm looking forward to the next 12 months. And I've got, this podcast has got big plans for this for the next 12 months. Huge plans for the next 12 months. You're looking at me thinking, I don't know what he's on about. I'm looking at you wondering if you're going to tell everyone. I thought you know. Well, for those of you, I did mention it briefly, but all, all, all I'm going to say in regards to content, in regards to who we're looking to possibly bring on to the podcast, there's three years that next year is going to be very, very significant for Chelsea Football Club. So, Warren, I'm going to get, I'm going to say the years to you. Don't mm-hmm. say anything else, mm-hmm. and then we'll we shall leave it as that. Okay. 1992. Yes. 1997. Yes. 2012. Yes. That's for next I, year. I think I can demise from that. What? That's for next year. For those that like listening to the shows, thank you. Between now and December, there's some names that I am speaking to at the moment, trying to sort of get a feel for their interest, but also not just that, but obviously, again, a lot of them, they're not just sitting at home watching Emmerdale on your bus or whatever these are, working guys that are working. So it is very, very difficult to get the time in, but we are looking to maintain the high standards that we've not just set, but we've broke time and time and time again. Oh, we're looking with... to push on and even, even make, set the bar even higher. Well, Let's get, because... a of world, let's get a couple of world footballers of the year on. That would be good. <laughs> you never know. We, we, we shall see. But we are looking to do a little bit more with the podcast between now and next next year. And one of the other reasons why my good friend here wanted to come on the show, not just to sort of talk about old memories within the last 12 months, you actually have some news, don't you? Yeah, well, something that I've been thinking about for because obviously... Um, one of the we had some one of the reasons I went behind the scenes was obviously because of some of the creative like difficulties that we had when it came to the actual podcast I mean there were certain other things that I wanted to talk about but I was obviously not restricted whatsoever because I could talk about Chelsea all day long but I obviously wanted to maybe talk about a lot of other things and like other sports and other events and things like that so the reason I took a step back was because I was going to take a step back and sort of like hopefully help with the PR and social media behind the scenes on the Blue Day podcast to see how viable it would be for me to start what 
I want to start on the side in sort of like, not in conjunction, but kind of as like a, a sister podcast, if you will, to the Blue Day podcast, which is going to be quite simply the weekly sports podcast. Now, what I'm hoping that will consist of, it's going to take me, like I say, I've been trying to put it together for a little while now. Um, I'm under no rush or pressure to sort of get it out there because I want to try and get it right. But what it's going to consist of is, like I say, it's going to be a weekly sports podcast. Um, it's going to cover a huge variety of things so for example one week i may do a live watch along for the nfl draft the next week i might talk about a sporting legend from a sport um i'll put up polls it'll be completely interactive there'll be live phone-ins there'll be you know you'll be able to message me and give me your opinions and your thoughts and i'll be able to give them out and everything one of the first ones that i'm going to be doing i'm going to be getting somebody on the show who is a part-time bodybuilder and we're going to be talking about bodybuilding and we're going to be talking about different things with different things like that and unlike the podcast it's going to be a little bit more uh obviously on the podcast we wanted to keep it strictly football i.e so we kept politics out of it and everything but when i'm discussing with this guy um about bodybuilding and stuff we are going to discuss sort of like body image issues and like that that kind of thing is going to come into it because it's a very real part of his world even though he's only a part-time bodybuilder he's still part of that world and he sees it a lot and stuff like that and but then other weeks we're going to be talking about basketball and tennis and formula one and i've got quite a vast knowledge on quite a lot of sports i'm very passionate about a lot of sports and there's going to be watch-alongs for different sports and i do online league sim racing for formula one and i take that quite seriously that's always stream and everything so there's going to be links in there for things like that for people to get involved if people want to come online and race me and and you know there's going to be a lot going on that's going to cover a whole broad spectrum of things and it's going to be catered to the audience so if one week the audience is like well you know the US Open in the tennis is on at the minute and Evans from Great Britain is in the fourth round today you know we want to cover a bit of that then, you know, I might do a watch along about that and we can talk about tennis and we can talk about days gone by and where future's going and we can talk about different political differences that are in tennis. I know there's a lot of politics that go on with um, equal pay and I know that there's a lot of politics that go on, on with certain players being told that they have to... Um, talk to the media after matches and they say they don't want to because it causes the mental health issues we're going to address things like that we're going to not address things like that like we can actually do anything about it but we're going to talk about it and we're going to be open about it and stuff like that so it's going to be a very very open thing all to do with sports anything to do with sports we're going to cover it if you want it covered you message us and we'll cover it like i said it's going to have a separate email it's going to be uploaded onto the blue day podcast channel for now so that we can twin them up and hopefully work together to bring an audience together that so that we can all have a bigger audience and then maybe in one day in the future we'll branch off and get a sister channel on youtube and maybe dedicate a little bit more time to that but that's basically what i'm going to be doing i'm hoping to get it up and running uh between now and i would say the end of october i'm, I'm aiming for the end of october to be my first episode like edited and released and available on youtube and everything there'll be um, social media pages for it that will be set up in the meantime and stuff like that but um, it's just to run alongside the podcast really and hopefully um, I can take some viewers across from the podcast and they can join in with mine and hopefully a lot more people from uh, the sport, the weekly sports podcast hopefully there's going to be football fans in there that are then going to listen to the podcast and then you know we might get some interesting debates going on YouTube as well from fellow supporters because that's what we want you know we'd love for some Arsenal <laughs> fans to come in and start talking and but you know 
Man United fans and team fans from around the world. We'd like to interact with as many people as possible. And, you know, let us know the content that you want us to provide to you as much as anything, especially for the weekly sports podcast, because obviously it's so much more open. But yeah, that's kind of where we're at with that. I mean, obviously there'll be more announcements in the coming weeks, especially coming up to like the first release date. But like I say, I'm pushing for the end of October. I want everything to be right. Um, but there's going to be lots of things we're going to do bios on on great characters like I've got uh, over the what I'm going to try and do once a month is do a bio on for like 10 months I'm going to do my top 10 uh, all time favourite British sports people you know from the likes of Lewis Hamilton to Andy Murray to Bobby Charlton to David Beckham to people like that you know whoever um, and I want to get the viewers' opinions on that and who what their top tens would be, what they think of mine and stuff like that. So um, I'm going to start doing things like that as well. So there's going to be an awful lot going on um, in addition to the dozens of guests that Keith gets on the podcast and his reviews and his ongoing score predictors and his ongoing raffles <laughs> and giveaways and, you know, whatever else he's doing at the minute. He'll probably be raffling. Too much. Too much. Too much, exactly. So we, there is an awful lot going on. And like I say, all this has been achieved in 12 months due to an extraordinarily large amount of hard work and a, a massive amount of that has been done by Keith. It was his idea to create the podcast. He did it, he created it and he brought me on board and he's brought everybody else on board since. And um, congratulations, Keith. Thank you very much for bringing me so much enjoyment over the last 12 months and indeed for giving me my own platform now to move forward and hopefully we can work together and be as successful together as we, we have been up till now. I mean, I've really enjoyed the ride. I mean, if not, if all else fails, Keith, I know that I'm going to enjoy it. So Exactly, exactly. And it, it has been great for this podcast to speak to some extraordinary people. And it's not just a case of we wanted to be like Arsenal fan TV. No, absolutely not. We wanted to be different. We wanted it to be more serious. Well, no, I'm, I know I was going to say I'm historically positive. I'm the most annoyingly, <laughs> frustratingly, stubbornly want to tear my face off of, you want to tear the skin off of my skull on my face because I'm so positive. And then you have Arsenal fan TV. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't disagree with a lot of what they say because I watched a little bit of Arsenal fan TV recently. I was feeling a little bit down, to be honest with you. So I thought I'd put on a bit of Arsenal TV. It was during the Brentford game. And I watched for about three minutes. And I mean, you know, I'll sum up in about 10 seconds all of the analysis that the Arsenal fan TV uh, offered whilst watching the Brentford Arsenal game. What a load of fucking shit! You're not worth the fucking money! You're useless! Get out of my club! What are you even doing here? I can't believe you've got an Arsenal shirt on! And I must say, they're actually very, very insightful and completely correct. I mean, they might be shouting and swearing about it, but I find it very, very difficult to disagree with them, to be perfectly honest with you. I don't know about you, Keith, but I think they're absolutely spot on. I actually think they should be pundits because they get it absolutely spot on. Shearer and Wrighty haven't got a clue compared to these lot, because they get it right every single time. We're shit, we're going to lose. And they do every week. I, I, I honestly think that they're a part of like some betting scandal, because they, they always get it right. We're shit, we're going to lose. And they're shit and they lose. All I will say on the matter is this. Arsenal fan TV is the gift that keeps on giving. Absolutely. Yeah, to be fair, the gift that gives on giving is Tottenham, but that would take another whole podcast. That's going to take a whole day to talk about. But listen... We could go on for hours talking about what we've done and everything else, but 
The proof is in the pudding. Find us on YouTube. Find us on Instagram. We have an Instagram account, so find us on Instagram. Find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash the Blue Day podcast. Find us on Twitter as well. We've got some good things up on there at this moment in time. I was just going to cut in there, Keith. Sorry. I was just going to say, with regards to the YouTube, what would help us out an awful lot is me and Keith have been doing a lot of research into the YouTube. And what we've noticed is that a lot of features for YouTube, for example, going live from your mobile phone is not something that you can achieve until you have a certain amount of views and a certain amount of subscribers and a certain amount of time on YouTube and all the rest of it. Now, what would help us a great deal, and you'll notice a lot of people on YouTube say this, they say, give me a like and a subscribe. Now, some people think that that's to do with money. Some people think that that's just not important. Some people think they do it because it's like they do it for the numbers and the glamour or the prestige of it or something. It's not. There's a lot of features on YouTube that we cannot actually access at the minute. A lot of premium features that we cannot access that would actually enhance our ability to bring you better podcasts and better shows with better editing and better music and better thumbnails and better clips and better highlights and everything could just be better. So please, when you get onto the YouTube, hit that like and subscribe button, hit that notification bell, follow us on YouTube, follow us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, follow us on Twitter, the Blue Day podcast. It does help us out massively, but what it helps us do is make the show even better. It gives us more opportunities and it opens more avenues. I'm sorry for the advertising plug. It is something that we try not to do too much on the podcast because we don't want to be one of those shows. And sorry to cut Keith out of his outro there. I know that he had, had a, I know that he'd been working for six months on his outro, so bless him. But I just thought I'd say, well, well, there, you right go, there you go then. I've done him a favour anyway. <laughs> but no, on, honestly, ladies and gentlemen, uh, the viewers out there, you know, give us a like and subscribe. It really does help us massively. And I promise that you'll see the benefit of that because when we reach a certain point on YouTube and we can become a YouTube partner, we can enhance everything that we do, especially on the YouTube. And we know that the YouTube is a big part of um, our advertising tool and a big part of how we reach a lot of our viewers. So, you know, help us out and give us a like and subscribe. But Keith, back to your um, six-month rehearsed outro. It's going to take six months to bloody do it. One final thing before I do go. Thank you to Stevie. For those of you that are on wondering about our images that we put up on YouTube and I put up on Instagram. Thank you to Stevie. He knows who he is because of his name. For those of you that know him, tell him thank you from us as well. He is a valued member of this uh, Blue Day podcast. Yes, yeah, Great guy who does the very much. I- images. Really appreciate his hard work. Nice guy to boot, but that's it. That's our reunion show finished. And happy birthday, Warren. Well, happy birthday to the Blue Birthday. Uh, the Blue Day Podcast. Porky Pig has turned up. Fantastic. Chris Sutton's punched my esteemed colleague and Porky Pig's turned why up. Do you, why, do you have to, why do you have to lower the tone with Chris Sutton? <laughs> Why do you have to lower this? Why couldn't you? Because I didn't want to say Andy Townsend and Gustavo Poyet as well. Why couldn't you have said somebody nice like Genghis Khan or something? Jesus. Well, if I say Jermaine Penis, would that make you any? Would that make you feel better? Jermaine Pickford would. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for listening to the Blue Day podcast. We will be back with our regular previews and reviews coming up. We've obviously got well, fantastic and big games coming up. 
in the month of September. So stay tuned to find out more from the Blue Day podcast. Keep the blue flag flying higher. I've been Keith Lawrence. Stay safe and carefree. Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. As a contractor, I choose Hardy Fiber Cement because I've seen it outperform wood-based siding and other hard siding materials. The high-quality craftsmanship translates into beautiful and durable results that leave our customers at GFidel extremely satisfied. Using Hardy Siding has significantly reduced my callbacks and warranty claims too. At James Hardy, we're here to support you. From training materials to resources that can help you generate a greater profit. Learn more about growing your business with us at jameshardy.com build.